Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Undivided, episode number 12, the Christmas and Holiday Show. I was trying to play the audible.com show open spot. I wasn't sure if that volume was coming up or not. So I'll just do that myself. Audible.com brings you all of our programs here and is a sponsor to all of our programs here on the Life Coach Radio Network and the family of networks. Audible.com for all your home and business audio needs. That's audible.com. Welcome, everyone, to Undivided, episode number 12. We are live here at 7 p.m. on the East Coast, the Christmas and holiday show here on Undivided. So it's going to be a little different tonight. I thought we would start with talking about some of the differences in the holidays and break them down by religion and then compare them Undivided focuses on that, on all these societal barriers, whether they're cultural, religious, political, gender-based, age-based, economic, uh, demographic, uh, creed, any type of difference that society, quote-unquote difference, that society to divide or to separate people. In the course of this show, and here we sit on December the 20th, five days before the Christmas holiday, which is a huge holiday both for Christians and in the secular world, which we'll talk about on this show, for different Christian denominations, for Roman Catholics, and has celebrated throughout the world. Christmas is a very visible holiday. We're going to talk about the major holidays and some smaller ones that take place either in the late fall or in uh, December. And as we head towards winter, you know, uh, Thursday, tomorrow is our first official day of of winter. We're going to talk about the winter holidays, the importance of those holidays to different cultures, different religions, the role that the secular media and the secular world plays in that. And then I also want to take a little bit of a different uh, tact than when I was originally planning this show. I'm going to share some of my own stories. I would ask if if you'd like to call in to do the same. If you had questions or comments or feedback about how you've dealt with holidays in the past, we're going to open the uh, phone lines to the show earlier tonight after the 15-minute break that we normally take for the promotions in order to get more of your feedback into the show, if that's what you so desire. And I'm grateful to the listeners and you all out there for your support of the show as this is the last show that we will have in 2017, believe it or not. Our next show will be when we flip the calendars, and I'll get to that a little later, uh, January 3rd. 2018. It's hard to believe I've been doing this for six months now or a little more than that. 
time has really gone by quickly. And time goes by quickly in the calendar year as well. You know, people say to me, I can't believe we're upon the Christmas holiday next Monday. So let's dive in. And we're also going to talk about the role that coaching plays and about people that are dealing with loneliness or anxiety, depression, or despair during the holidays. So that's a little extra piece that from when I was originally playing the show, I have, I've added to this program as well. Holidays have always been important. Holidays have been a time to rest, to pause, to reflect. Holidays have been a time, both religious or just cultural or uh, national holidays, such as Fourth of July or Memorial Day or Labor Day in this country or Boxing Day in Canada. I know I have some listeners in Canada. There's some different holidays in, in the United Kingdom, and there's different holidays in, in different countries of Europe. There are different celebrations around this time, some of which I learned about in doing some research for this show. Holidays can cause families to come together. It also can cause families to be driven. Those are divisions and lines that I really think are faulty thinking things that society wants us to believe are true. So we're going to talk tonight when we get into the segments and bridging the divide and how do we bridge those divides, those secular divides, those religious divides, the divides within our families and the divides within ourselves, and what's the role that life coaching or coaching, personal coaching can play, which is very important. There are so many different ways to celebrate based on culture, ethnicity, religion. So here's just some of the holidays, and there are many, in either the autumn, late autumn, or into uh, the winter, the December holidays. The Feast of Diwali is a Hindu feast. It's usually in the late autumn, and it's called the Festival of Lights. Even though it's not in December, it's usually somewhere in October or November, I thought I would share it because the Festival of Light is also how those in the Jewish faith refer to the Festival of Hanukkah as the Festival of Lights. And I thought that was very interesting, that commonality. Diwali is something I'm familiar with. In um, uh, one job I had in my past, I was in account management in an area in central New Jersey that was heavily populated with Western Indians. So part of what we did for those who were Hindu or Western Indian that celebrated Diwali was we uh, brought around uh, different cultural, um, traditional, uh, customary things that they would use for dessert mainly uh, for different meals they would have because Diwali celebrates different things on each day of the festival, different family relationships, uh, different communal type of aspects, and, and then a, a festival and celebration of light, of hope. So that, to me, was my introduction to that festival, to that holiday, um, and in talking with uh, people who were my customers at that time about some of the family customs and some of the things they would do to celebrate that. 
And I thought it was a very interesting connection to the feast uh, and the holiday feast of Hanukkah in the Jewish faith. So as much as society and culture says, oh, yeah, they have their own celebration, the Hindus have their own celebration and the Jewish people have their own celebration and the Catholics do their own thing and some certain forms of, of Christians do their own thing as you get where I'm going. There's a lot of common theme. There's a lot of common thread. Ashura is, and that's A-S-H-U-R-A. I'm hoping I pronounce it right. Ashura is a feast and a holiday in Islam uh, celebrated in the beginning of December, uh, December 5th. Uh, This is when the Sunnis, the Sunni sect of of Islam, uh, recognizes that the Prophet Muhammad fasted with the Jewish people in solidarity for Yom Kippur. So if you think about that, that's really interesting that the Prophet Muhammad recognized another faith, another major faith, and stood in solidarity with that faith all those years ago. There's an example that we could take from that. There's an example that we can take in a framework that we could take for peace especially between those two religions and especially with what's going on in Jerusalem right now and in the Holy Land. That's uh, an interesting thing to me when I was going through and doing some research for this show. There might be a place for those two faiths to, to start. And how interesting that that's not in the news. And again, I don't want this to be a political show. That's never been my, my aim or stated goal. But there are divisions that exist within political and religious boundaries. And part of it is that the culture has made us uncomfortable about talking about that. We have to become more comfortable talking to each other about aspects of faith. And then there's so many people that are now identifying themselves as agnostic or atheist or having real no, no real faith, which is a whole other area that we have to tackle. And there are a number of different holidays that people that don't have any religious affiliation celebrate. But it's, it's interesting to me that it's in the wintertime. It's in December as well. There's like 14 major holidays. There's 25 if you want to look at the entire calendar, what they call the interfaith calendar, which I learned a lot about in preparation for this show. If you're interested, you can Google that. And again, I want to mention if you have anything for me, you want to email to me. I do check emails throughout the show. That's undivided show, undivided, S-H-O-W at gmail.com. Bodhi Day is usually celebrated on the 8th of December, somewhere in the beginning of December, by the Buddhist faith. And that's where Siddhartha vowed to sit under the tree in India and not rise until he was enlightened, until he became what was recognized as Buddha. So for the Buddhist faith, that's a really big day. And that's a day where they eat certain types of cakes and they have a certain type of meal. So again, the custom for each of these situations, or most of them at least, centers around specific uh, customary or traditional foods. 
specific and customary prayers or, or different things that are done um, to show, like, it, for instance, in a Bodhi Day, the Buddhists are, are encouraged to do acts of kindness towards others, even more so than they do on other days. That's part of, of what they will commit themselves to and hold themselves accountable for on that particular day. And it's interesting when you want to then talk about connections in between the major religions, Bodhi Day is, is connected to, is also the same day as the Feast of the Immaculate Conception for Roman Catholics on December 8th, where Roman Catholics believe, and my Roman Catholicism is well established in this show, um, we believe in, or I believe, that Mary was born free from sin. And that feast day celebrates that, Mary being the mother of Jesus, the mother of God, born free from all sin and all forms of sin. That's the same day that the Buddhists recognize the beginning, essentially, of their faith, of Siddhartha becoming enlightened and becoming Buddha. So it's interesting. Moving right along, Hanukkah, Festival of Lights. Probably the most visible holiday next to Christmas, though I have a lot of friends who are of the Jewish faith, and one of them told me recently that it's not a major day. And if you don't have small children, it, it becomes more of a minor, I don't, I don't want to say, but he, it's his words, not mine, a minor holiday to him and to a lot of people that he knew. I, I can't speak from any experience. I've been to Hanukkah parties. I have been, I've, I have friends of the Jewish faith and, and I've been to a lot of different celebrations of different holidays. Um, and also been with them at different points uh, when relatives have died and things of that nature. So I'm familiar with a lot of the customs in Judaism. Um, and for some people that don't know, Hanukkah is uh, focused on, uh, when the restoration of the temple in Jerusalem happened in Maccabean times, after there was a desecration of the temple by the Maccabeans, uh, during that by the Maccabees in that time, uh, the Jewish faithful, they found enough oil, the lamp, what they for one day, but the flame actually burned for eight days. So that's why you have eight days of Hanukkah, the uh, Celebration stretches out. You have the eight nights of Hanukkah. It's to commemorate that event that's been documented in many different historical texts from the Talmud on down on how the temple was restored and the lamp was lit. And it's a celebration, again, of, of light. We're at 7.15 on the nose and we come back from our promotional break, we're going to talk about Christmas. So, 715 here on the East, you're listening to Undivided. I'm your host, Frank J. Maduri. We are live here on December 20th, five days before the Christmas holiday. The end, tonight is the end of the uh, Hanukkah celebrations, as I'm talking about Hanukkah. The first night was last week on the 12th. The first day was the 13th, was was uh, uh, last Wednesday. 
so we've come to the end of, of the Hanukkah celebration uh, in the Jewish faith. 7.15 here on the 20th. Brenda Baird, Home at the Holidays. New episode comes your way December the 21st. That's tomorrow, 7 p.m. Central Time. Reverend Henry is along with her. Brenda and Henry have been doing this series that I've been promoting and routinely to my show. Uh, they have an eight-part series on how to survive essentially at home at the holidays when you have to come home or if you have to deal with people and your family coming home, you have to deal with friends that might live in other places that come home for Christmas. And you have to try and balance all that as well as balance the uh, pressures of your family and the pressures from your own life. Brenda Baird and Reverend Henry Schoenfeld We'll give you a roadmap to do it. That's tomorrow, December 21st, the next part in that series, which has been going on since just before uh, Thanksgiving time, um, is going to run through uh, the Christmas holidays, um, 7 p.m. Central, 8 p.m. Eastern, here on the Life Coach Radio Network. And as a reminder, Catholic Charities USA, 800-919-9338. That's 800 800- 919-9338 as we enter the holiday season. Give from the heart. Catholic Charities USA does some great work. 800-919-9338 or the Salvation Army. SalvationArmyUSA.org or you can go on the website and enter your uh, zip code and get the local branch if you want to try and send a donation to the local branch level and really make a difference in your community. Give from the heart this holiday season. Here on the Life Coach Radio Network, brought to you by Audible.com, Undivided Show at Gmail.com is the email address. Hit me up on email 646-716-9397 is the phone number. Again, that number is 646-716-9397 is the phone number. If you want to call in and share any stories, whether they be serious or funny, a family stories, a holiday memory a memory of somebody that's no longer here, uh, a story or anecdote about traveling for the holidays, anything that you may want to share, you could call in. This is episode number 12, the Christmas holiday show. It's the last show that we have of this year. We'll be starting the shows up again in 2018, and we have a lot coming in 2018, which I will get to uh, later on in the program, probably towards the top of the hour. So we're back. I'm your host, Frank Chamaduri, and we were talking about Hanukkah and and how Hanukkah has now ended, uh, at least for this year, unbelievably. Everything goes by so fast. Um, And now Christmas is upon us. Now, Christmas has been here since the Middle Ages. For those who don't know, is the celebration of the birth of Jesus. Christmas is a celebration of light, a celebration of hope, a celebration of peace. Celebration of family. You see where I'm going with this. Look at the commonalities between the other religions that I mentioned, the other religious holidays. Diwali in autumn, the festival of life for the Hindu people. Hanukkah, right around the same time as Christmas. It's always around the same time of year. Sometimes it overlaps based on the, on the, the calendars in the Jewish faith. It's a festival of life. 
Christmas celebrated on December 25th because it's the shortest day of the year. So it's a day where there's uh, darkness and then light. It's a celebration of the light of the world that's come because then every day from here on out gets longer, gets lighter. Some people don't realize that. That's why those dates, it's one of the reasons why that date was chosen in the calendar. has been uh, a special holiday to many people that I know. And when growing up and going through Catholic school, that's you obviously, everyone around you, for the most part, celebrates Christmas. That's a time of year that has always been marked for me by family. And I will share some stories as we go along the program this evening. But that's always been a big part of it in my own life and in my own walk. And for many others that I know, it's the same. Uh, Some people uh, travel on holidays, they go away or uh, they go away with family, they celebrate at other places. other people stay at home. Other people go to see a relative, etc. But Christmas is always a day marked by being surrounded by other people. It's a day where you feel a little more hopeful about the world. And I think that's something that we all need right now. I know my friends in the, in the Jewish faith have said that about Hanukkah as well. It makes you feel some hope. And that's what all these holidays, as much as as people try and say that we're different, we're really alike. As I said in episode one, we're more alike than we're unalike. And I know it was probably in a Google commercial or something, but it's true. And that's what this show is about. It's about breaking down those barriers because the society and the culture want us to stay separated the common themes of major religions are the same. The light, the peace, the hope, the goodness towards and kindness towards others. As I mentioned earlier about the Buddhist faith, making acts of kindness towards other people. The tenets of the religions, the major pillars of the religions I've talked about before, of all major religions, Islam, Hindu, Buddhism, Taoism, Christianity, Catholicism, Roman Catholicism, the Jewish faith, peace, hope, light, unity, togetherness, harmony, goodness and kindness and love. That's what we share. And we all want those things. That's where we have to start. We'll talk later about common ground. That's one place where we can find it. As a playing role of both host and guest tonight, it's very hard to get a guest, you know, five days before Christmas. I don't want to impose that upon anyone to the whole hour. It's going to be probably a similar thing when we come back just after New Year's as well. When I do a a New Year's show, New Year's New You is the tentative title. But we'll get to that later. 
Kwanzaa is the last one I'm going to cover. Then I'm going to uh, shift gears as we head towards 7:30, and we enter the bridging the divide segment. Kwanzaa is the last one. Kwanzaa is a week-long African Pan-African celebration of family, community, culture. Amani, which is Swahili for faith, is part of that as well. So in that week-long celebration, there's lights and candles for each day. Again, see the common theme. Each day, there is a celebration of one tenant, one pillar, uh, one major theme. It could be family, it could be community, it could be culture. And the last day, I believe, is faith. Betterment of self is one of them as well. So you see, like, that's more of a secular versus a religious holiday. And those that celebrate Kwanzaa, a lot, of, a lot of them also celebrate Christmas or some other holiday as well. The Kwanzaa usually begins the day after Christmas on December 26th and runs that week. I have some friends that work in uh, New York City that were at early Kwanzaa parties because next week's going to be crazy. There are Kwanzaa parties this week. I've been to Kwanzaa celebrations, um, you know, back in the college days. Really interesting to learn about that particular holiday and that particular, uh, the particular customs, particular celebrations for each day, how they had like a theme for each day. But then it was centered around light, around candles, very similar to Hanukkah, very similar to Christmas being the celebration of light, celebration of family and of faith, and of unity. That's another big one, too. And then I want to mention a couple of other things uh, very quickly that I see here uh, in my research. Advent fast, which is an Orthodox Christian observance, and that usually starts just after the Thanksgiving holiday in the U.S., around that time, like late November, where they begin a fast. Uh, for people that are unfamiliar with it, they call it um, like a winter Lent. If you think about Lent being in, meaning spring and our preparation in the Catholic and Christian faith for Easter, they observe it 40 days before Christmas. They have an Advent fast. And they will fast and prepare, very similar to Lent, in the Eastern Orthodox uh, Christianity, some of the Orthodox Christianities, and some of those sects of Christianity will observe that, which I thought was really interesting. In their preparation, the Advent preparation for Christmas, Advent, of course, you know, is time of preparation, a time of reflection, uh, a time to uh, prepare yourselves like you would for for the end of the world because you're preparing yourselves for the coming of Jesus at Christmas and Jesus came to restore order to the world. He has come so that we may have life eternal. So it makes you think about the end of your own life, the end of your own time, the end of, of time. Those are really heavy things. And that's part of, you know, they feel fasting and those orthodox sects prepares you better for that. And then there's a, 
Holiday, I don't want to mispronounce it, Maulid El Nabi, M A W L I D E L N A B I, which is in Islam. It's also celebrated December, which is the birth of Muhammad, the Prophet Muhammad. So think about that. You have the birth of Muhammad, really well known, obviously, really recognizable religious figure. The birth of Jesus Christ, the Enlightenment of Siddhartha into essentially into Buddha, the Buddhist faith, all in the same month. You tell me that there are divisions in religion. The divisions are there because society has put them there. The divisions are there in, in a lot of ways because we have put them there. The divisions are there because the news media tells you that they're there. These divisions do not exist. These divisions do not exist. These, these separations do not exist. We have common ground that we can build upon. We can bridge this divide. People have gathered around these holidays for, you know, some of them for thousands of years. People have celebrated these holidays for a long time. All centered around those same common themes. But what's happened as you know, there are divisions, as I mentioned before, and, and this show focuses on those divisions and then how do you to bridge them as we head towards 730. The problem becomes that we've moved so far away from this, and this is where the secularism comes in. We have moved so far away from that because the secular world celebrates Santa Claus and gift-giving and, you know, at Easter time, it's the Easter bunny. They've come up with all these secular alternatives to pull that religious aspect out of the equation or move it very far away from the equation. And that's what we're going to discuss when we bridge the divide at 730, excuse me, <clears throat> on the East Coast here in New Jersey, home of the headquarters of Life Coach Radio Network. This is Undivided, episode number 12. I'm your host, Frank J. Maduri. We are here live. It's December 20th, 7.30 p.m. And this is our mid-show, The Point Break. Undividedshow at gmail.com. Again, that's undivided, S-H-O-W at gmail.com. Phone number to call, 646-716-9397 if you want to call in and speak with me. Uh, about any of these things. I know it's probably a tough night. A lot of people have shopping, things going on, people are working. 646-716-9397, audible.com. That's audible.com is our sponsor. Think Tank comes your way with a brand new episode, noon Eastern, on Wednesday, the 27th. So it's a one week from tonight. Wednesday, December 27th, Noon Eastern Time, so spend your lunch break over with the uh, Think Tank people. It's going to be a great show. New episode coming up, Noon Eastern, Wednesday, December the 27th, here on the Life Coach Radio Network. Food for the Poor, great charity out of Miami, 800-427-9104.
food for the poor, 800-427, excuse me, 9104 is their phone number. Toll free. You call, do a donation of a phone. You can donate on their website. They're one of the largest organizations for helping the poor and the disenfranchised and the needy in Latin America, the Caribbean. They do some work in Mexico, which is in dire need right now. So this Christmas holiday season, consider giving 800-427-9104, food for the poor, salvationarmyusa.org. That's salvationarmyusa.org if you want to give in this country or in your own community. Here on Life Coach Radio Network, brought to you by Audible.com, undivided episode number 12, the Christmas holiday show. And I'm here with you tonight, your host, Frank J. Maduri. Going on solo tonight. I usually have a guest along with me. So, we've now begun our point now called Bridging the Divide. That's the next segment here on our show. I have three different questions. For those that listen to my show a lot, I always ask the guest, how do we bridge the divide between dot, dot, dot. I have three of them tonight, so bear with me. I'm going to break them down one by one. The first one is, how do we bridge the divide between the religious differences society pushes to separate people? That's a great question. A lot of that, as I was speaking before we went to the, to the midpoint of the show break, a lot of that has to do with opening your mind. Each of us individually and then each of us collectively, having an open mind to look not at the differences, because that's what society wants to do. That's what the culture wants to do. I was speaking about secularism, which I'll get to that in a minute. Society wants to push that agenda to keep us apart. We can bridge that divide by opening our mind, by meeting new people, by introducing ourselves by learning about different religions and looking at, yes, there might be some differences, but where are the common themes or the common threads and how do we build from there? So it's, it's a change in thinking. It's not saying, oh, well, they don't believe in the same things as me. Well, but they they do. If if they're if you're shared common ground with someone, as I mentioned before, I have friends that are of the Jewish faith, I have friends who are Muslim. Our common thread is we believe in peace, we believe in love, we believe in hope. My Muslim friends, they we have a shared love for Mary, which is interesting. Marries in the Quran more than any other woman. And they believe that Jesus was virgin birth. So we can build from that. We talk about that. We can build from, from those things that are in common. So it's finding what is in common and building from there. The second part is, how do we bridge the divide between the secular aspects of the holidays and the holiday season and the religious Aspects that should remain. Interesting question. 
the secularism has become a whole other component to this. And I've thought about this very carefully before I went on because I've been asked this a lot. And I don't want to seem like I'm against the uh, gift-giving because that's part of what the season is about. It's part of giving is part of what I believe in my own religion is something, doing good works, giving to those who have less, giving to those who might need help, giving to those who might just need a boost. Hey, I'm going to give you a gift card so you can go to dinner because you've had a rough time. Giving and, and being generous is a, is a central tenet of Catholicism. So this is a tricky question. The, the part of it that becomes the issue is, is the overabundance, the overemphasis, the overkill on the holidays. I know people that are getting their kids like 40 gifts for Christmas. It's not necessary, you know, but I'm trying to stay in a place of non-judgment because I don't want to judge people because I've been told I, I can't judge someone. My religion teaches me that too. In my opinion, it's not necessary. You could give some of that to people that have no gifts for Christmas. You could choose to do something else instead of, you know, buying a whole bunch of gifts. Do something as a family. There's other things that you can do. Do something with a family that's down the street that has no one, you know, to have them over for Christmas dinner. There are different things that you can do at the holidays, but the secularism and the culture drives into our brains. You've got to go out. You've got to go shopping. You've got to, now today, you've got to shop online. But even the, you know, some of the other places, you've got to come in. You've got to get the next best deal. You've got to get the doorbuster. You've got to get whatever. And that's all important. You know, working in the retail se- sector, I recognize that. That's also important to drive the economy. There are people that have jobs based on the fact that we have a holiday season. big, big job creator and job generator. So that's a part of this that can't be just totally discarded because people rely on that to support their own families too. I'm just saying it's the overabundance, the overemphasis. We have totally pushed out from the, the government and the society, the religious aspects of holidays. There is no emphasis or very little emphasis from the culture so then people don't have it in their own mind. It's Their emphasis is on shopping and gift-giving and all the stuff that we have to do, and those are all important things. Family gatherings are important things. But in their mind, they're not thinking, well, I have to go to Mass on uh, you know, the last Sunday of Advent and the way the calendar falls this year and for Christmas. Or I've got to get there uh, to Mass at some point on Christmas Day. Or if you celebrate something else, I have to go to church or I have to go to a temple or I have to go to a place of worship on that particular day to fulfill a sacramental obligation. That's not in the the realm. And that is going to be something that's going to be very hard to bridge. How does it start? It starts with us, with resources that we have now. Uh, When I had Steve Rook on about how technology could be used for good, those who listen to the show remember, we talked about ways that social media, the Internet, 
and different platforms can be used. Podcasting, uh, YouTube. We can use these things to gather together around a central theme of spreading an awareness. So it starts with the people that really want to carry the ball on this. This is one of the reasons why I started this show. To carry the ball to say, we have to return. And I've talked about it on this show before for those people that have heard it. and It's still very important. We have to get back to the Judeo-Christian value system that founded this country. And the problems in our society, the problems in our world, the problems with these mass shootings and with this disrespect for life, with crime rates, with people doing these horrific things that the news media wants to drive that fear machine. The problem with all of that is because we have gotten away from that. If we had held those religious values at the center, if God was at the center of what we were doing, as I pointed out, all the common themes in religion, if we were more connected to that on a whole, because some people I know are very connected to that, so some people aren't, we would not have the problems that we have today. So that's how we have to get to it as an awareness factor. We have to push these things on social media. We have to encourage people very gently to take a look at them. I'm not an in-your-face kind of guy. You have to want to get there. But it's important, you know, in coaching, as we talk about what's the role of coaching here, coaching has a big role to play. In coaching, we talk about the spiritual aspect of people. So if you think about it, you have an emotional side, you've got a portion of you that you have all the different components that make you up, physical, psychological, emotional, spiritual. The spiritual aspect of that, those breakthroughs in coaching are the greatest breakthroughs that a coaching client can have because that's going to be the most resounding and most life-changing breakthrough that a client will have is on a spiritual level. Because once they get that right, everything else is going to fall into place. And if they don't have that right, everything else is going to feel disjointed and out of place. In coaching, we can help with different strategies to help you to get there. We can help as coaches to come up with very brief treatment type of uh, plans, steps, actionable things. Okay, in your past you had X, Y, and Z. Or in your recent past you had X happen on a holiday. You have these types of feelings when you think about the holidays. Why is that? How can we move you forward? What can you do today tomorrow, next week, to get you on the right track so that these the certain aspects of the holidays don't seem as daunting to you, that you can have a spiritual relationship and a spiritual connection with holidays such as Christmas or Hanukkah and move yourself forward to say that the emphasis on the secular side of things is not as big as it maybe once was in your life. And then the third part is how do we bridge the divide between our feelings of loneliness, anxiety, or depression to 
take steps towards healing during the holiday season. Now, that's a tough one. And why I said it's a difficult one is because the holidays can be a tough time for people. Uh, parish, my parish had a blue mass for, for a few years there, four or five years, for people that had lost someone during the holiday season around Christmas Eve. It was called an old school uh, thing for Catholicism. It was called a blue mass. There are certain sects of Christianity that have a mass for people that have a gathering for people, celebration of mass for people that have lost someone during the course of that year prior. And it's to help them to commune with that person, as I talked about when I was on with Michelle West two weeks ago when we did the show on grieving, helps people to feel like they've communed at Holy Mass with, with people that have gone before them helps me personally and helps some people that actually wrote in or, or sent me notes about the show, sent me texts about the show that I did with Michelle West and how that, that has actually helped them in their walk as well. How do we do that? How do we bridge that divide? Because you could feel divided just like the secular world divides us away from the religious aspects of a holiday, just like they want to divide us based on the different religious sects and different religious orders, different types of tenets in religion or belief structures in religion. They want to divide. You could feel divided. Just as we talked about two weeks ago, Michelle West and I, you could feel divided against yourself during the grieving process because part of you can feel like you should be getting better. Part of you should feel like you shouldn't feel relief that maybe this person that you've cared for or have been involved heavily in their care is now gone. But then there's another side of you that feels okay that they're not suffering anymore, but then you feel guilty for having those feelings. It's the same kind of thing. And those feelings come back at the holidays. It's invariable. Because as I mentioned before, the holidays is a time of family. And so then you start thinking about family or friends that are no longer there, and that person may have been gone tragically, or they may have been gone just naturally through natural causes of the cycle of life, or it could have been a prolonged illness, but they're no longer there. And that void, that space is felt more at the holidays than it is at other points in the year. And that's a natural thing within the human condition, those feelings of loneliness. Some people are alone at Christmas. I've heard that. Um, we've had certain friends of my wife's family over at Christmas and other holidays that don't have relatives locally and maybe can't travel anymore. Um, we've had them here because you know, no one should be alone at Christmas. There are people that are living out on the street that are alone. There are people suffering from anxiety. There's people suffering from depression that don't want to do anything or be around anyone. That's very sad. How do we take those steps towards healing? That's having an open heart. The first part is having an open mind to bridge the divides between myself and maybe someone that's a different religious belief than I am. Or someone that may be a non-believer and and I'm a, a believer. You don't get there by confronting or belittling a person. You don't get there by ignoring the person. You get there by opening your mind and opening your heart to the person. 
You've got to have an open mind. You've got to have an open heart. And when some people are in the throes of depression, when they are that down that low, it's hard to see that. Really, really can be difficult for people to see and to find their way out. So it's up to us to have an open mind and open heart to those people to, to embrace them, to engage them, to listen, to reach out, even if we get rebuffed. I was watching this uh, special on CBS with Josh Groban last night. Uh, I had a dinner sort of late, you know, depending on my schedule. It's late is a, is a variable word. But I believe it was around around 8 o'clock. It was in that 8 o'clock window on CBS last night. Uh, Josh Grogan was doing this special with Kelly Clarkson, and there's some other A-list stars that I apologize. I don't remember who was on, but they did a lot of work with the Dave Thomas Foundation. So that's, if you're thinking about giving at the holidays, it's another promotion for them because it's really solid foundation that helps kids that are either abused or foster kids, kids and children in really adverse situations, that are looking to be adopted. And they had all these different families featured that had adopted children from different situations, uh, maybe children that were quote unquote to age out of the system, which is a whole other situation, a whole other story that we're probably going to discuss in a future episode of this show, if I could get the right person on for that. Because that's a whole other social justice issue, especially in this country, that needs to be you know, tackled. But those people, then my point in the story is they felt lonely. The, the, both the parents and the adults, the, the, maybe the parents couldn't have kids. They felt lonely. They felt a void. They wanted a family. Or they had one child and couldn't have any other ones. And they said, well, I want that child to have a brother or sister like I did. I don't want them to be an only child. How am I going to handle that? I'm going to adopt. The kids that have been abused or have been in these foster situations, I mean, you think you have it bad. They have it so much worse. Oh, my gosh. I mean, when you think about it, it's a child. So at least an adult, you can try and do something about your situation. It's a kid for crying out loud. So I was watching the special, and it just awakened me to all, this, all these steps that we could take towards healing. It's having an open mind. Maybe you're sitting there listening to this show as I was watching this show last night, trying to eat dinner, and it was very hard because it was very emotional. The stories, I'm sure you could stream it or YouTube it or whatever. And Josh Groban, when he sings, the guy could sing me the McDonald's menu, and I'd listen to it. Uh, so he sings some incredible songs. It's very uplifting. Have an open mind. Maybe adoption is something for your family to consider. Maybe it's Dave Thomas Foundation is someone you should contact. And that's what an ultimate gift at the holidays to give to a child is a loving family. And there's so many that need it. So that brings a lot of perspective to what we're talking about. But the holidays, you know, in my own life, I had mentioned before, were a time for me of family. My uh, primarily my my mother's side of the family, and my mother's side of the family all lives in New York State in Westchester County. So, as it's been well established, I have two younger sisters, 
one of whom was on the show. Maria came on the show, and we did the show. Maria is also a life coach, and we did the show on self-care. But my sisters and I would go uh, every year on Christmas Eve and stay overnight. And some, some years, many years, that I remember we would stay the whole week between Christmas and New Year's at my grandparents' home. So we'd go up and my parents would make different trips on weekends prior to the holiday. And then also on the holiday itself, bringing gifts that we didn't know about. They were hiding them in the car and and they went through all these steps to have Christmas in New York. So other than, you know, other people that I knew, especially at that time, a lot of my friends in uh, grammar school, they stayed home at Christmas. I traveled. Uh, So I was, I was never home at Christmas time. Uh, And that's one thing like a lot of people say, Oh, you know, you're home for Christmas. Well, I never had that experience as a kid. And, and to be honest with you, at some points, and when you're a kid, especially when you got a little older, you want to hang out with your friends, and you were going to be there for your whole winter vacation, and then you were coming back and going to school the next day, stay home. And there were some years where that happened. You know, that was in, in my thought process. You know, that was something I expressed to my parents at the time, you know. But now, looking back on it, those family holidays with all of my family together and my mother's cousins all coming, so they're like my second cousins, I guess you could say, and like all these people coming in, you know, to have Christmas Day at my grandparents' home, and then what we did at New Year's together as a family, that then my family, when we got older, like at the high school, we started doing New Year's at home but my mom carried on a lot of those same traditions. My mom would make homemade pizza and we'd have that late and we would play board games. And I remember the first time my wife and I were dating, I pitched her on staying home on New Year's Eve with, with my family. She's like, we're going to do what? And she's like, you know what? I had a really great time. And my best friend did that. One of my best friends from high school did it one year with me too. I said the same thing. Those memories of family, especially with so many of them gone now, I reflect on with a lot of warmth and a lot of happiness. Those uh, memories of holidays where we were stuck in traffic for hours at a time trying to get over the George Washington Bridge, I think of now as part of my life that I wouldn't do differently because so much of my life has changed. So much of the world has changed. People have two and three jobs now and you know, myself included, and you're just working all the time, and you don't have that time with family like you used to. You're not able to do the things that you used to do. People that can't get together as much because of the demands of family or school or career, uh, like their own nuclear family, they can't get together with their extended families often. And that's part of something our society has to to grapple with moving forward. You know, so at the end of the day, we're all trying to provide for our families, for those that rely upon us for support, for care. But we also have a responsibility as an extended family to get together and, and to have that time. So I always think about, you know, funny times where 
you know, maybe the turkey got overdone or, you know, there was a snafu in setting the table incorrectly or, and you think about those people of days gone by. And it's nice because, you know, when, when life changes and you have a much smaller gathering, even like my wife was saying, when you get married, it changes. Like we were trying to, we always try and split between the different families, her family and mine, and make sure that you were spending time with each. And I remember my aunts doing that and, and telling me about that too. And other people I knew, they, they do the split, as they call it, and they try and split the time equally between both families, which becomes a very important thing for, for a married couple to do and, and a bit of a challenge to adjust to, depending on how your family is set up. So I remember doing that, even my wife saying, you know, there are changes, like her cousins all used to get together, and, and now, you know, life has changed and people have moved to different states or whatever the case is. Nothing remains the same. So how do we take that and move forward? We've got to have an openness. We've got to be understanding of each other and our needs. And we've got to reach out to those who are hurting. There might be a reason. You know, there's some holidays where, you know, I've been there. I want to curl up on a ball on a couch and not deal with anything. So I know how that feels, and I know people that are going through that right now, people that I know, people, acquaintances of mine, people that I may work with or know from other jobs that I've had years ago that dealt with depression, that dealt with feeling so much pressure the holidays. How do you get beyond that? How do you find what we call common ground, which is our last segment of the show? How do we do that? How do we find common grounds in all three areas that I mentioned? Starts with the open mind. Starts with an open heart. But most importantly, I'll leave you with two things as we find common ground to move forward. We have to love one another. If everyone lived by that commandment that Jesus gave to us and that certain religions have handed down on their own tenets, if we loved one another and if we treated each other as the way we would want to be treated, if we loved God and loved one another above all things, this world would be a lot different and a lot better place. The challenge is to be the light, like in Matthew chapter 5, I'm paraphrased, where Jesus says, you, know, you have to be the light. See on a hill can't be hidden. Lights weren't made to go underneath a table or in a bowl. They were meant to go on a stand and illuminate the entire world. So be the light. We talk about the light of this holiday season. Christmas time, there's a lot of talk about that. So the salt and light discourse that Jesus gives in, in Matthew's gospel is applicable here. Coaching can help you find that light. If you're living in darkness, if you're living in desperate shape, we can help. Reach out. I can refer you to people that do this all the time that specialize in it. I can refer you to therapists if you think you need therapy. There are ways for you to get help because every single person is created in the image and likeness of God. Every single person has valuable skills 
invaluable traits and very important talents to give to the world. I've been there. It's not worth it. It's not worth shutting yourself out. It's not worth closing yourself off. It's not worth sitting on a couch watching TV for 14 hours a day. You're not going to get anywhere doing that. And believe me, I've been there and I've done it. And I thought, oh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable. I was nowhere. Get out there. Interact with people. Go to your family. They'll understand. Tell them, hey, I've hit a rough spot. We all do. It's life. Be the light. And for people in your families, if you know someone in your family, you know a friend of yours is down, really down. Do different things. There are certain people that I know that they don't really feel comfortable. They, they are having really a tough time. I text them. That way, if they're not up for talking, they can text me back. Reach out on text. Hit somebody up with all the ways, as I mentioned before, we had the whole technology show, with all the ways we have at our disposal today. To stay connected. You know, hit them up on Facebook. Hit them up on Twitter. DM them. Send them a text message. Say, hey, how you doing? I'm, I'm thinking about you. That can mean a lot to a person. That could change a person's whole day. Heck, that could change a person's whole week, depending on what situation they're in in their mind. I'm thinking about you. I care about you. Uh, can I do anything for you? That can make a difference. Even if you just offer, it can make a huge difference in someone's journey in their situation and what they're dealing with. And again, the role of coaching is there. We have strategies that can help. We have plans we can put in place to help you to get beyond all of this, to get beyond, you know, feeling divided against yourself at the holidays, like on the one hand, wanting to spend time with your family, but maybe on the other hand, feeling really down and really like you don't want to do anything with anyone. A lot of us are overworked, too, as I mentioned before. You know, people with multiple jobs, people working weekends. A lot of people I know work Saturdays now, too. At their, you know, if they have, like, a full-time job in Manhattan or something, they're going in extra day a week trying to get stuff cleaned up. I know people in all walks of life. I'm blessed that I do. I have friends from all different jobs and work that I've been blessed to do. And I still keep in touch with them. Uh, my wife doesn't know how I do, but I do. And anyhow, the point of it is being connected and staying connected to people is very important. Being connected and, and letting people know, but also to, to, to try and be the light for them. You know, I worked with a guy once, and he was really an angry guy. And, and then we got to a certain point, I noticed a big change in him. And he said to me, you know, you've probably noticed a change in me. And I didn't know how to respond. He says, you know, I used to be a really angry person. And I said, yeah, I, I remember that. He's like, I used to snap at people. I used to um, to lose my patience very easily. And I asked him, I said, well, what changed? And he said to me, well, I met you. And that was a really nice compliment and I'm not saying this to boast or brag or anything like that. 
but it's an example that you can make a difference because I didn't realize that that was, I had no idea that that's why he had changed. I was myself. I came to the job every day the way I do. And I was kind to him where other people kind of didn't know how to deal with him. And sometimes he would snap or be mean at me or mean to me, I should say. And I would just let it go. It's all about how you handle situations and staying true to your own value systems. And again, that's where our country has to get back to it. We have to start It's on the macro level, like a lot of the other times on this show when I have guests on and we get to this common ground segment, we say, what's the common ground in these areas? So, you know, the secularism that's going on, the uh, divisions in, in religion that are going on, the division against yourself with feeling depression or loneliness. It starts with us. It starts with reaching out and listening. It starts on the grassroots level, the one-to-one relationship. And maybe going out of your way for someone that might really need something. And it's not always going to be easy. As a matter of fact, most times it's not going to be. But we have to be that light. We have to go out and be the light of the world to others. And that's what the holiday season is all about. Whether you celebrate Christmas or Hanukkah, whether you celebrate Kwanzaa and Christmas together, uh, whether you celebrate, uh, whether you're a Buddhist or a Hindu, whether you're a Taoist, whether you're an Orthodox Christian or a Greek Orthodox, whatever you may be, whatever you may celebrate. If you're celebrating the birth of Muhammad as a Muslim, your central tenets of your religion are still peace and love, charity, being giving and kind to other people. Those are mine. Let's build from that. And let's give to each other and let's be the light for those who are living in darkness, those who are living in shame, those who are living in despair, and show them the way, the way out. So that's our show for tonight. I'm going to close off with a, a thank you to my guests that have been on this year. It's amazing that the end of 2017 has come. I want to thank Bill Ross. I want to thank Russ Terry, who's the founder of Life Coach Radio Network. Trina Ramsey, who does so much work for the network of COO. For Danica Treble, who does a tremendous amount of work behind the scenes. Bill Ross was my first guest on this show. And it's funny because it made me think of something else that I forgot to mention. When I was looking at Kwanzaa and doing my research, hope over despair, faith instead of fear, I was reading the same. These are the exact themes of my show. This is what I'm talking about. Getting beyond the differences and to live life united and not divided. I want to thank Dennis Marshall who came on and shared such wonderful stories about having faith when he was really afraid. I want to thank all the people that came on. For Steve Rook who came on and talked about technology, which we used that tonight. That's one of the ways we got to move forward from this. 
My sister Maria came on. We talked about self-care. such a big thing. Tracy Leacock came on and talked about how do you forgive instead of holding on to resentment and what that does to you, how that could hurt you. Diego Alessandro came on and talked about music and how that could unite us instead of dividing us and gave his wonderful talent and wonderful energy to this program. And then, of course, then we went through the gender divide. Myself and Tammy Banfield talking about the division between men and women in the workplace and beyond. Big, big hot topic right now. And for Michelle West coming on last week, we talked about grieving, which was one of the best responses to any show that I've done. I did a show on healing by myself, if you want to check it out. So as we move now just beyond 8 o'clock here in the East, on the East Coast, Undivided episode number 12 is coming to an end. And there'll be a beginning. God willing, there'll be a beginning. Again. Brenda Baird comes your way with another edition of that holiday series I was telling you about on December 28th. So she's going to take you beyond Christmas into the Christmas New Year's survival mode <laughs> with Henry, Reverend Henry Schoenfeld. And then the other big announcement is uh, besides the fact that I'll be back on January 3rd for Undivided, that's our next episode, January 3rd, 2018. This was another big event here on Life Coach Radio Network. January 7th, which is a Sunday night, Paul Garwood joins our network and will debut a show uh, called Push Through. Push Through is the name of the show. Paul Garwood is the host. Grappling with Mental Illness is going to be the, kind of the central theme of the show. He's going to talk about the small blessings each day of recovering from mental illness, from dealing with that walk, um, getting beyond and looking at the small blessings each day. His special guest will be Andrea Landry Brown. And the first episode is called Enjoying the Journey. So be sure to take notice of that. That's January 7th. It's a Sunday night. Paul Garwood at 7 p.m. Eastern time. Um, here on Life Coach Radio Network. I'll promote that again when I come on on the 3rd with my next episode, which is going to be about New Year's and New Year's resolutions and how people can get themselves potentially overwhelmed with them and what's the role in coaching and helping people out. I don't have a guest. As of yet, I may have one on that show, or I may have one for part of that show. I'm still waiting to get that finalized. And then, of course, it'll be first and third Wednesday, so we'll be back again the the uh, next Wednesday, I believe, is the 17th uh, of that month. So this has been Undivided Episode number 12, the Christmas Holiday Show. Food for the Poor, 800-427-9104. Give them a call. Audible.com is our sponsor. Undivided Show at gmail.com. If you want to hit me with an email, let me know how this special went. Uh, Dave Thomas Foundation. Help out a kid. Adopt them today. Give them a loving home and family or recommend one to them. If you know a friend that is interested in adoption, that might be a way to uh, resource for them to go. And as I close the show tonight, I hope that you have all stayed with me. I want to thank you, the listeners, for doing so. I'll tell you how much I appreciate it. You know, six months ago, this, this show was a concept, and now it's a reality. I understand that people go through a lot. I've heard from people that have been through an awful lot. 
Nick Perez was awesome coming on the show and talking about mental illness and suicidality. And that was a big, big point for, for this show. It was a, a big guest to have on. He was awesome with his time and with his knowledge of that subject. If you or someone you love, I mentioned before, about loneliness, anxiety, depression, we've all been there at some point. If you or someone you love has something that is just in their brain that they can't get out, is in their mind that they can't get past, is exhibiting behaviors that you think is strange, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, 800-273-8255. That's 800-273-8255, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. Please call. There are people there to listen. Every life is important. I'll see you guys January the 3rd. And until then, I hope you have a Merry Christmas, a Happy Holidays. Be the light. Go out into the world. Be the light. Have a Happy New Year. I'll see you all in 2018. This has been Undivided Episode number 12, the Christmas Holiday Show. And until I see you guys again, be blessed and be well.